Welcome to Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. The content of this podcast is educational only and not intended to be a substitute for veterinary medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a licensed doctor of veterinary medicine or other licensed or certified veterinary medical professional with any questions you may have regarding a veterinary medical condition or symptom. Hello everybody, my name is Carly Becker and I am a dairy educator in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And today we have with us Jenna Facer from Star Rock Dairy in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being with us today, Jenna. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the operation here at Star Rock Farms? Hi, I'm Jenna. I grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. My grandparents had a dairy. I then went to Virginia Tech and got my bachelor in dairy science and then came right to Star Rock where I became the calf manager and started these two barns that we now raise calves in. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about the um, calf operation here? Sure. So the owners decided to bring home their calves. They had previously rented out or had somebody else raise their calves. They wanted to bring that home. So we decided to group raise calves. We have them in two identical barns, six pens per barn and 20 calves per pen. We use mob feeders. We do acidified milk. So that just means we bring the pH down low enough so that the milk does not grow any bacteria during a 24 hour period and the calves can drink however much they want, whenever they want. They also have as much water, grain, as much as they want. We have them on ad-lib milk for six weeks before we start a three-week wean period. Okay, great. And today's episode is focused mostly on calves and cold stress. So can you describe any of the issues that you all have faced here or practices that you have implemented to manage cold stress in the calves? Our first couple winters were definitely a learning curve. We had issues with ventilation. The first winter we did not have tube ventilation. The second winter was a game changer after we put tubes in. We have automatic curtains that pay attention to precipitation and wind as well as temperature. We have figured out that you want temperature to match as close as possible the outside and to allow as much ventilation as possible without creating a draft. Keeping keeping a natural, the calves can handle the cold, they can't handle stale air. So that was a big learning curve for us. Obviously jackets, we have heat lamps over our nipples to help them from freezing. It also helps draw the calves up to get more milk during the winter as opposed to just staying snuggled up in their little bed. Um, It stimulates their mother's warmth, so that helps with intake. We have, like I said, the automatic curtains, and they can eat as much as they they want. So we typically see an increase in milk intake in the winter for added calories. Okay. And what kind of bedding do you all use in these group pens? We use straw. And for the barn design or any of the practices that you implement here, Do you all use any science-based advice provided by an external consultant, whether that be an extension educator or a veterinarian, to make the management decisions that you all use here today? So we had a lot of people help us to come up with the design of the barns and the way we wanted ventilation. 
One would be the designer Ed Facer from Red Barn and Dan McFarlane, an extension agent with Penn State that were big helpers in getting the ventilation figured out during any times of stress. All right. And so what are some of the main advantages that you all have experienced after applying these practices? The biggest advantage would be our rate of gain. The calves love getting to drink as much as they want. The other thing would be a reduction in anxiety later on. They never have to worry about meeting new friends. That social anxiety is gone from the beginning. It's a fairly low cost setup after the initial barns are built, but you could do this in any barn you could do what we do. And it's also very labor efficient. I can run this 180 calves pretty much by myself. So have you seen any disadvantages from raising your heifer calves using this approach? As with any group fed situation, you're definitely at a higher risk for contagious disease. Once you get it figured out what your farm, what your calves are most susceptible to, there's much easier time, but figuring out what you need to be vaccinating for specifically and when you are going to have your surges of illness is definitely uh, a disadvantage. <laughs> for sure. Are there any specific management practices that you all use when you do barn walkthroughs to observe those calves for any illnesses or potential upcoming illnesses? So one thing we do is for the first two to three weeks of life, we are extremely vigilant about making sure our calves are getting up to our mob feeder at least five times a day. We have checkboards next to the pens until they're two to three weeks old to make sure that everybody is awesome at getting up and getting their milk on their own terms. Every pen gets attention and gotten up at least two to three times a day as we're doing our walkthroughs. We also have whiteboards on every pen to make sure that we know if there's a calf that has been looking off. As much time as myself or the one other person who subs in for me, pay, as much time as we spend here, it's funny how you learn the calves' personalities and which ones are spunky, which ones just want to be left alone. So when they start to act different, we are very aware of that. We also have a typical five-point scoring system for scours and signs of pneumonia, so how droopy their ears are or dryness of nose, snot and mucus in their eyes, and how energetic they are. That's something we use as well as a typical temperature probe. Um, because we don't have individual intakes, paying attention to their personalities and the way that they behave, the way that they look, how their coat looks, how sucked in or full they look, is really, really important for the success of our system. So is there a change in your calf management or feeding practices for the cold months compared to the warmer months? Uh, like I said before, we use the heat lamps and more straw jackets. Our curtains end up getting closed, closed, so the tubes are much more important. But in general, winter isn't nearly as difficult for us as the fall and spring with the 
crazy changes in temperature that we can get in this part of the state. The calves actually love when it drops to like 20 degrees and stays there. I'm not a fan myself, but they like the cold. <laughs> Right. Is there a specific struggle that your calves deal with in the winter months or the fall or spring months, as you mentioned? And if so, what have you all done to overcome that struggle? So, like I said, we struggle in the fall with contagious disease, typically pneumonia. Something that we have done to improve that is trying to keep management at 110%. So we bed three times a week. We'll use sawdust to help soak up extra moisture. Occasionally, we will lower the number of calves per pen to try and increase intake in milk, as well as during the weaning process, which can be our difficult time. And then that also spreads out moisture in the pack. And just being more cognizant of what our calves are susceptible to and what they what signs they exhibit when they're getting there if we have a pneumonia outbreak coming we can try to prepare for that by like I said doing the bedding and just using a lot more electrolytes and banamine so some or something else that can help to lower their body temperature and help them just fight what they need to fight. We also use a Diamond V product called Smart Care that goes right into the milk and that helps to boost their immune system. Okay. Are there any tips or advice that you have for all of our listeners on calf management during the winter months or even those transition months where the weather is fluctuating frequently? I would say be willing to listen to the calves. If you're cold, that doesn't necessarily mean that the calves are cold. You need to be very aware of what's going on with them. You need to be paying attention to intakes and, and stuff like that, but make sure you're watching the calves. Uh, one reason that we have decided against robots is that we didn't want to be so obsessed with the data that we weren't watching our animals. Another thing would, in that same idea would be if calves are gaining 2.5 pounds per day, but then they drop right after weaning, right after we take that weight because they had a hard weaning, but we didn't ne necessarily catch that data. You need to be paying attention to what the calves say more than you are bragging about your data, if that makes sense. So that's been something that we have dialed in on. We are a very data-driven farm operation, but we have also learned where the data doesn't necessarily matter, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Well, thank you, Jenna, for talking with us today, and thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for a discussion about calf barn ventilation with the Daughters Dairy in Clinton County, Pennsylvania. Thank you.